Hi there. Welcome to our podcast, Autistic Perspectives on Adulthood. This is a podcast interview series with autistic teens and adults to hear their voices and perspectives on issues of inclusion during the transition to adulthood. As speech-language pathology students, our goal is to raise public awareness about autism and reduce the stigma and biases autistic people face. Without further ado, let's meet today's guest. Today on the podcast, Tim will be meeting with Jacob. Jacob is 22 and uses the pronouns they, them. Jacob said the main reason they joined the podcast project was because they were happier than ever to have their voice heard as a way to educate and spread acceptance, just like you spread peanut butter on toast. Here's Tim and Jacob. One of the, like, sort of the core thing that we're, that we're talking about today, I guess, is about how being autistic and the experience of being autistic has impacted the trajectory of your life after school that is in you know in post-secondary uh in your post-secondary life so broadly then how did you find being autistic impacted your life after school i started um in the communication program uh, in um languages and then in filmmaking which was part of the uh, arts letters and communication program and it was uh, it was very complicated uh i did lighten up my uh, schedule to only four classes so i've got my two lovebirds screaming out loud i did close the door but they're still loud as hell so <laughs> that's adorable so, no um with my special needs it was uh was hard to to blend in with the other uh students i guess uh, having only a uh, lightened up schedule to only four classes. And I also had an advisor that was following me through um, through uh, the whole parkour that was college for me. Uh, sadly, after two, semester, uh, two semesters, is what it was felt like it was too much for me, so I just dropped out. And uh, now I've been going back and forth through some jobs, and uh, that's pretty much it. I might go back to school... Uh, uh next year not this year but next year because uh, i've got a lot going on but um yeah well that's good to hear you you found it difficult it sounds like and yeah you, you got to a point it's, of dropping out i feel like the people that are that are like here i guess to help you out as an autistic person in um educational area from secondary to college and university it's like they have a different perception i guess and sometimes it doesn't fit Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. While when it's more uh, in, well, I've had it in, in kindergarten, primary school, and in, and in secondary school, and then it was like, it was just the basic ways of like cope with a child that is different from others, and, and you can go to that. But with adulthood, it, the whole thing changes. So how do you feel that that, um, that, 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 that outlook that, people had towards you that when they're supporting you? How did you feel that that changed as you went into adulthood? Um, well, I did, um, I did fail fourth grade uh, twice. So I was 17 and no, I was 18 and 19 from um, uh, 10th grade to 11th grade. So okay. I already kind of had feeling, but I, I didn't feel like I already got my place in adulthood since I was still in secondary school while all my classmates were like from 15, I don't know, 15 to 17 through the years. So right. at the time, uh, I felt like it just kind of like got covered by all this like 
beautiful happy days where like full of like <laughs> heavenly flowers and clouds and a and a blue sky where everything is beautiful and then like when i got to college around the age of like i don't know 19 or 20 like boom it was like everything went down and i just was like my like my fall from heaven to hell in some way things were different and i wonder if i was ready for such things but also if the people that were helping me out were ready to see the fact that i didn't feel that ready so in that way did you maybe feel not as supported in this transition in this transition sorry as you as you wanted to be yeah i think it's also that like i used to have um two advisors one for uh those who work and the other one just generally and they would sometimes show up in class to help me out with things or just like to help me for the like in the right in the middle when i needed some help uh if i could just leave the classroom for uh to just have like my little space but in college i could not do that i would have to stay the whole <laughs> freaking class like two to three hours sometimes even five hours in the same room and um i felt like she was only there like it's like when you see a psychiatrist and you realize that it's expensive, so you don't go too much in the end. And that would right, right. Oh, so, but your advisor was, what, it was, it was just too much of a hassle? Um, well, yeah, but also the fact that, like, when it wasn't going too well, she, I don't know, maybe it was for professional reasons, she was always keeping that same like nearly sarcastic smile on her face because maybe your days were going well and i was like i felt like she was playing around with me while i wasn't playing around so it was i don't know i didn't all i all didn't always feel all understood yeah it's a bit oh. like i always use this example of like um a specialist about autism making a documentary versus an autistic person making a documentary about autism. Right. Yeah. That's a it's very uh, it's a very uh, it's a very blurry uh, way to see things. <laughs> it's yeah, the example no. I like to use. If you were to come up with maybe any ways that you feel like you could have been supported better, or you feel like you could have been supported more, what do you think um, would have been in place? Yeah, well, obviously, just the fact of having one advisor for a more like psychological and like emotional circle that brings into the the institution you're in, the college I was, for example, and also someone that's also there for um for the more um for all the, the to help out with the schoolwork, you know, like just the in between. I've always had that um um well, for example, in secondary school mostly, but also in primary school, and uh, helped me a lot. And in college, like she was well my advisor like she was kind of, i think she was trying and near like lightly struggling to be those two people at the same time and again it didn't work too well when i think right. of it so i guess like there was a missing link <laughs> right yeah i felt like concerning um my purpose in this college i was kind of like I was making people walk on eggshells without me being guilty for it. And when they're like, and when I felt like in a very pessimist mood where I thought it wasn't a solution, the only way to like <laughs> cope with it was to sleep in class. And the, the most, I think the most sacrilegious class to, 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 to sleep in is a college class generally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I get that. I, that's, that, that sounds like 
honestly, you were driven to a point of exhaustion, but then. Yeah, you always have that professor going like, I got 50, I got 50 students on the way for that exam. And there's this one little scumbag sleeping. Like, what's he going to do? Do I have to spray water in his face? <laughs> right. So do you have something you would call a job now or? Um, I did have a job in the beginning of last year, but uh, due to the pandemic, well, I had to go elsewhere. And okay. now, well, uh, uh, due to, uh, actually the, the issue, the main issue is that my uh, prescription for Adderall actually got cut because <laughs> it was expired. And without it, I can't, uh, my level of productivity is like minus one. <laughs> so... Uh, I do follow a um, an organization called Exomedev that helped me to find a job that does respond to my special needs, and I did find one, and uh, I might get hired uh, in a month or two if things are going well. Okay, that that yeah. sounds like a pretty uh, significant help to have that organization on your side. Yeah, I've been waiting for like nearly four years to get the service. <laughs> right. Okay, so yeah. then it, it's in the line of like a maybe. thousand phone calls and all that, you know. So yeah, yeah. So it's helpful, but maybe a little, a little slow. It sounds like. Yeah, well, it's always those. It's like it, first off, it's a private organization, so them, it does cost some money, and also there's a lot of people waiting for it. They didn't call me for at least like they didn't give me any info for two years. Right. And then I called, and uh, out of nowhere, they're like, "Yeah, but you didn't pick up the phone." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, well, I changed my number, sorry." So, uh, but apart from the apart from that little bummer on the side, uh, things went well. And they're very welcoming people, and uh, I'm glad they they do their part as much as I, I I do mine. Right, that's good. And so then that means that you're looking forward right now to starting new employment. Yeah. Correct. That's awesome. Well, hey, congratulations. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what's your current living situation? Are you are you living on your own or in between my boyfriend's place and my dad's place? In between, okay. So you you go yeah, and I do contribute me. financially in a way to both places. So quite legit what's going on, but uh. <laughs> right, right. You so you you contribute financially to both? Yeah, yeah. I do. Grocery groceries and a few extras. Right, right. So yeah, then there is there is a you know, a measure of, of independence for you then. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're 22 years of age, you need your own space. So <laughs> exactly. No, agreed. Agreed. So is this, is, is, is this, uh, is this a situation that you, you feel like it works for you? You feel it's like, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's always been like a friend to me. We nearly do everything together. Oh, well that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Tattoo parlor, barbershop, everything is always there. Yeah, that's cool. I um, I'm glad to hear that you have that that family support there. Yeah, well, my mom's also an advisor at the uh, Rosemont College, so she she was actually uh, not too uh, uh, down emotionally when she found out her child was autistic. <laughs> right, right. She's like, okay, I can handle that. That's great. That sounds yeah. like it sounds like um. I'm really happy to hear that you have a like a pretty strong family support then. I mean that sounds yeah. it sounds good. Even if, you know, it sounds like the college experience for you was not very supportive, so it must have been nice to kind of have that net to fall yeah. back on, right? Yeah. I mean, I nearly wanted to be at the same college where my mom would work at least it would be this this proper support I would have, but uh 
then it would be kind of weird just to have like hers my advisor and hers my mom i don't know like, i wouldn't be comfortable with it but i feel like some people would not be so i want to i want to dial back in on your living situation jacob um so sure. you're you're living with your like like you said with your with your dad and with your boyfriend kind of back and forth um is there you said you were pretty happy with that arrangement which is great Did, yeah, is there anything about it is there anything about this living situation or you know any living situation that you have had if you've had others is there anything that you found unexpectedly challenging about it like is retaining your independence has that been a difficult because i know i know i know you you obviously value your independence has that been challenging at all for you and your dad in any way um, well since i really see my dad as a friend especially nowadays we see each other mostly as roommates even though we still label each other as like father and child but uh, <laughs> right so um no not really it's a great vibe to live with him and uh well sometimes uh, there's a few highs and lows because there's always those uh those uh debates from one from a father to his child but uh but uh no it, uh, it's going all well to be honest and right. uh very hippie-ish with the lovebirds and uh it's a very colorful house also it's very decorated <laughs> right I wanted to ask about, so you're kind of going back and forth between your dad's place and your boyfriend's place. Um, yeah. What's, uh, what, what motivates that exactly? Like, why do you live at sort of both places and not just live with your, you know, I guess your, it's, your um, well, I don't use public transport that much or, yeah. and I don't even own a car, but I do own a fixie and I do, uh, <laughs> I do like to, uh, to, uh, to bike from uh, my dad's place to my uh, boyfriend's place. Cause I go through the, the Mount Royal and I guess it's my extra dose of sports, which is always wonderful. And that just motivates me to show up. And, uh, <laughs> um, Indeed. Also ask, though, are you, are you considering, are you considering, you know, living on your own at, a, at any point or is this, is that probably not yes. I'm not, in haste, but it could be a probability. Me and my boyfriend have the plan to live in a van for a few years too. So uh, projects are coming back and forth and we'll see what's the best option. Right. And do you feel, do you feel like, you know, do you feel like you'd be prepared for that? Do you feel like you'd be looking yeah. for support through that as well? Or Yeah. Well, I'm getting financial support from that same advisor at the, uh, actual of organization to just set up a budget because I have this calculator and it's quite a bummer for me. So, uh, yeah. I do have the required help to uh, update myself about such things. Okay. Which is a wonderful thing, of course. Yeah, that no, that is wonderful. That's mm -hmm. really great. It it sounds like you're it sounds like you're doing a very good job also of of reaching out and Yeah, well my mom is also part of it, of course, because she has her contacts, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Is, are you feeling really negatively affected by COVID right now or yes and no. I guess that um, I am, I'm a very sociable person and I have plenty of, not a lot of friends, but I have like some, all of my friends, I have a very strong link with them that's been present for like the, the past five years at least, a bunch of new friends because I don't talk to a lot of people that I've been with in the past uh, school establishments, I mean, <laughs> um, and obviously not being able to see them in most circumstances is quite a bummer indeed. Uh, I miss all of my friends a lot, and, uh, and that's yeah. part of it. But uh, uh, of course, um, 
I had, they gave me a possibility to go back to my job and then like, turns out that it wasn't possible because I was working at a Starbucks and that wasn't really a possibility knowing what's going on at the moment with Starbucks. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of lost my job due to COVID. So that was kind of uh, annoying. But uh, apart yeah, from that, yeah. um, it sounds like, and this might be a, this, this maybe is connected to the question about COVID. It, it sounds like you have, you have a decent amount of, um, uh, things that you, that you do outside of, outside of like school and work, you know, you've got your music and all that kind of stuff and you've got, yeah, I do. I do a good relationship with your father and your, your boyfriend, of course. And yeah. So and, uh, are there motivation has been wrecked up recently. So yeah. Are there any particular social activities or maybe a support community or anything like that, that you are kind of actively engaging in right now? Uh, for the past months, yes. Now, not really. Um, I used to uh, um, do some charity work at the uh, Humanist Center uh, of Quebec, uh, of the Quebec province, which is in Montreal, uh, not too far from where I live. And I used to make uh, deliveries by bicycle with a little trailer for um, people that couldn't get their uh, groceries themselves. Yeah. So That's I had like uh, two huge boxes of groceries and I would uh, give the food to the people in need. And we had a list of people to go to. Wow. All skilled people, obviously. And it was, uh, that sounds... we also go, we gave flowers uh, with the food. So it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. I would, uh, I would uh, like do a whole, like, I would do work from like eight to seven. That sounds like you have a really good, uh, well, first of all, you sound like you have a very caring heart and a really good work well, ethic. Well, uh, we're quite a cycling family. My dad never really owned a car. He's always on his bike. We're always uh, pimping our bikes in the, in the garage and all that. So, uh, Okay. Yeah. That sounds like another good... We've got uh, Mexicans with their lowriders, and there's my family with their bikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly. It's a bike it's family. Much, I, always uh, stickers and custom wheels and all that. I'm all, a lot yeah. about that. Uh, that's great. That's great that you're yeah. that you kind of have that outlet too, right? I mean, it's a it's a hobby, kind of taking care yeah. of a bike, and then it's also exercise. Yeah. And, and I can also use it as a tool to make uh, people not starve. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you use it for for you know exercise and for the good of humanity. I mean, what's not yeah. to love about that? Yeah. And sometimes the people that receive the baskets of food, they they uh, they open up a cold one for us, or they serve us a, a glass of water and or a little snack and. We're thankful for in return for it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jacob, I want to end off with a few more questions about more about what you think can be done. What, if you were to say broadly, Jacob, what can the general public do to help autistic people more than they are now? Um, well, for many other uh, mental health situations, obviously, um, get rid of most of the very hurtful stereotypes. Uh, right. And, like, obviously, we can't really stop the fact that some people will uh, um, mix up different uh, 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 mental health situations. Like, uh, I don't know, a lot of people thought that I had... Um, uh, they thought that OCD was autism, but like, 
and uh, well, I do have OCD, nice. but like <laughs> there, I've had some people getting confused about it, and uh, I'm using some old terms. Uh, it's like uh, back when Down syndrome was still called Mongolism. Right. Yeah. And uh, I yeah, still for, see that for, in old dictionaries, like up to like the early 2000s. I'm like, whoa, geez, like for real. <laughs> right. It's been hurtful. Like schools not updating their books even and using yeah. technology. No, it's well, well, the, the, the classrooms haven't been updated. You're still with your tiny little desk and looking at somebody talking out loud and probably like spitting a bit in your face if, 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 if they're angry against you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, school I, I guess, didn't involve that much. We forget that. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm hearing is really that we need to be educated better yeah. on this, right? And I feel like um, the neurotypical people should be less shy. Like if you want to know more about autism, just ask questions as long as it's polite. Right. Like we, we, we don't bite, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, um, maybe more... Um, uh, precise support uh, given to it. Like there's so many things that feel so archaic, for example, and college in CEGEPs, for example, because I'm into a CEGEP, which, but that still was labeled as a college. Um, it's still forbidden to use a computer to take notes, which is like the most handicapping thing ever for many autistic people that are more visual. And that like, right. for example, me, like in a, like a very honest form, Working with technology really motivates. Don't know why it's just like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, it's something about it, right? I mean, yeah. it doesn't. At the end of the day, I guess it doesn't matter why. It just matters that it works for you, and it's not being supported. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, when you grow up with something, you use it as a tool. And that's such an invisible thing to a lot of people because I don't think anyone. So many people would not see you know, not being allowed to use computers in class as something that is harmful to autistic people, but it is, you know, you wouldn't, yeah, know it's it. just you uh, a huge block of cement right in front of the road for them. Yeah. Jacob, if you could tell everybody one thing about the experience of being an autistic person, what yeah. would that be? What would you tell them? Um, well, on a more lighter way, uh, I would say, um, that um, seeing us like normal people is a good thing because then we get to blend in better, but still understand that we have weaknesses and we also have strengths that other people don't have. So like, sure. Absolutely. And on the other side, I feel like there's a lot of children, uh, probably not in Canada because in Canada we're quite updated to it, but in some countries I feel like a lot of children are rejected due to autism and uh right i feel like uh not 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 completely i'm not i'm not i'm not a separatist but um on just a tiny element i feel like the adoption of autistic children should be a bit more prioritized not too much but still a bit right. oh okay yeah i see i see yeah 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 because i mean like you know the things that happened to us early in our lives yeah. are so important to who we yeah become. and i think that we should de-stereotypicalize autism like people, when people think of autism, I've had this many times when I say I'm autistic, I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem too bad. It's as if you were like drooling and that you were nonverbal and you were constantly like uh, yeah. tw having twitches with your hands or whatever. And I was like, no. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I... of course, I was probably less verbal as a child, but that, that doesn't make any, it doesn't 
change anything. Yeah. Like, Do you ever like see or feel those stereotypes and feel like you want or you need to hide the fact that you're um, No, I don't. But in some situations, I will probably like just like give a tiny pat pat to it like just like s like softly get in touch with it because some people will um understand that i'm autistic and it will do too much like they will talk to me in a very childish way it will sim to try to simplify things for me and i'm like right mind right. your own business <laughs> yeah so being being patronized yeah is something you don't want yeah well i've actually that that's a good, good you bring this question because i was part of um uh I was part of a karate dojo only for um, autistic uh, people from the age of uh, 14 to 17 or something. And um, it was great just to see that um, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the other uh, karatekas that were there with me, they probably didn't have, uh, probably weren't that much of an into, of intellectuals or anything, but strength-wise, they, 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 they were bulls, like, and they were buffaloes, you know, so... You bring your advantages together. I feel, I think that now they've updated to also having a Brazilian jiu-jitsu dojo. And um, wow. it's, it's really upgrading. And not only for artistics, even for special needs. Uh, honestly, karate in a wheelchair could, 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 could get you, could, could get you messed up. It's pretty badass. <laughs> That's, yeah, that sounds badass. Yeah. Honestly. Like just like was sprinting with an electric chair, with an electric wheelchair and uh, getting an uppercut right to your throat. I've, I've had that. It's pretty hurtful. <laughs> Man. Yeah. yeah. No, they uh, they can use a wheelchair to an advantage because yeah. uh, if you have longer arms due to a to a to a malformation, you don't need your legs anymore. You're 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 absolutely you you won't be defenseless anymore for sure. <laughs> wow. But no, it was great. I uh, end up being a blue belt, uh, fourth stripe right before being brown belt. So I um, I I ended up being an instructor too, and. Um, and uh, it really motivated the other autistics to see finally an autistic being a sensei and showing the moves yeah. and tricks to some other autistics and just motivated. I know some, um, I know some, I have some friends that have more issues to cope with autism and that are now certified karate teachers around the world. Yeah, that's so. Uh, it was a hell of a boost. Well, I was one of the first uh, scholars that got taken in, and uh, I saw where this was going. And I was like, "It's freaking go!" I did won a few medals, and also uh, it was nice. Did do some competitions, some fights, and uh, it was cool. Wow, that is fantastic! And it sounds yeah. Like I feel like uh, there's a, an amazing representation of autism in sports uh, professionally, uh, also. Yeah, yeah, and that is good, right? I mean, that's kind of yeah for every situation that maybe yeah. you feel like you want to hide it so you don't get patronized but for yeah. every situation like that you want to conversely there are situations where you you know sounds like you wear it like a badge of honor almost it's a yeah it's a role model position to be in yeah and yeah. i feel like um well probably it's a, it's linked to that but an autistic person depending on where in the like i call it when i was a kid i called it the autismometer Depending where you are, you could as much participate in the Paralympics and the and the Olympics too. <laughs> yeah, there's both depending what you can do and what you can't do, yeah. and that's uh, also a wonderful thing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. 
So then, I guess I'll close with this question here, Jacob. Um, sure. With all with with the way that with the way that you live your life and with the kind of what do you think is something that somebody that you know, somebody that you love does that is or is helpful to you that you would want to share with the world that we could learn from? Well, there's my mom, of course. She's always uh, she's always uh, got me some um, some reorientation points and uh, she helped me a lot. Um, she interacted with me a lot in the in the proper way, so I never felt alone at home. Even outside, she was always there to support me. Right. So, uh, in terms of special needs and support, as an autistic person, love and love, help, kindness, and support—all those four things are never too far. Yeah. So, love, respect, support, yeah. acceptance, dignity. acceptance. Yeah. And there's also one extra point, but that's going to take, I'm just going to make a resume. Sometimes I've heard a lot of uh, my autistic friends of just people I know that have been uh, badly uh, treated due to autism uh, concerning the, uh, their confession. Like there's some religions that just see it as a disease or some uh, cultural values as a disease. For example, yeah. I had a, had a friend in primary school and uh, his parents were from Rwanda and for his whole life, even today, we still talk today, and even for his whole life, his parents see autism as a disease. Right. And like he's even had some loved ones that wouldn't even like feel, feel comfortable like seeing him or touching him physically. And I felt like it's quite hurtful and oh, he's okay. been quite uh, affected by it too. So I feel like... Uh, we really need to uh, neutralize uh, dark and clo uh, dark and small minds concerning autism, but there will always be some. So moving away from that kind of negative mentality towards it, right? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jacob, um, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, this was a thanks really thanks to really you. Thanks to uh, letting the people hear my voice. Absolutely. I feel powerful about it and I hope you feel powerful about it too. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, it is just your, your voice, you know, you, you were thanking me for thanking us for, you know, making, letting you use your voice, but honestly, we're, we owe you a thanks for being here because your voice is an important one and it is a powerful one. So you deserve yeah. to feel powerful. And I'm not just saying that you're a, you're a strong person. huge thank you to all our participants for sharing their valuable perspectives and stories. It was a pleasure getting to know everyone. And lastly, thank you listeners for taking the time to hear from our guests. We hope you enjoyed and learned something new. Until next time, McGill SCSD students.